Hey, one more thing before you go. The year of the water tiger is in the Chinese New Year starting February 4th, 2022, and it's celebrated by more than 1.5 billion people each year. The holiday is rich in tradition and meaning, which varies from culture to culture. But in this episode, we're going to have a conversation about what to expect in the year of the water tiger, how it relates to feng shui energy for the year, answer the question, why does Chinese astrology relate to animal signs? And what are the top animal signs in the Chinese zodiac for this year? And as a bonus, our guest Jillian is going to give you some free tools that are going to allow you to understand your Chinese zodiac position in life. I'm your host, Michael Hurst. This is The Thing About Secrets to the Year of the Water Tiger 2022. I'm excited to have Jillian Rothschild Scholar back on the show as a guest. She is a classically trained feng shui expert whose foundational training is in the ancient wisdom of the over 400-year-old Wu Chang feng shui mastery lineage. She's been working in the private feng shui consultancy since 2010 using the wisdom of this ancient time-tested method and the symptoms and the applications while offering practical solutions for modern lifestyles. One of her strengths is that she simplifies the intricate details so clients can take immediate action to enhance the physical, emotional, and or spiritual aspects of their lives. Jillian was on the show in July 28, 2021, episode 97. If you're new to the show, please make sure you go back and listen to this episode. It's a fantastic journey into the feng shui and what it does and how it can affect and improve your life. If you are one of my valued, one more thing before you go, members, family members, that is, this is going to take you into a whole new direction. It's going to open your eyes. So welcome to the show, Jillian. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be back. You know, it is uh, an amazing, um, it's been an amazing journey with feng shui with you in the first place, because I think that for those of those uh for those of our listeners that do not understand what feng shui is, can we touch a little bit on that before we get started to kind of, so they kind of get a better picture? Absolutely. When people ask me what feng shui is, I mean, it really is a big topic. So we're going to try to condense it into just a couple minutes here. But to me, feng shui is a support system for our lives. When our lives have support through our environment, then it's just easier for us to achieve the things that we want in life like well-being and abundance and love and happiness. So feng shui translated from Chinese literally means wind and water. It's an ancient Chinese study of the natural environment and its resources allows us to create harmony and balance within our physical environment so that our lives are supported. We're really talking about a globally respected art and science. And, And what we're doing in the process is identifying the most vibrant supportive energy available in your space when you align with that um, vibrant energy, it nourishes and strengthens your energy so that you can be the best version of yourself and achieve your goals. That's really what we're aiming to do. 
And that's an amazing opportunity to make our life move forward in a better way, in a better, better yes. way. Yes. Um, and, and in keeping with that, uh, the Chinese New Year is coming about. And I think it's February 4th of this year, and it's the Year of the Tiger. It is the Year of the Tiger. We're very excited. Um, there are a couple different calendars in um, many different cultures. There's like 40 different calendars in the world. But uh, in Chinese metaphysics, we use the Chinese solar calendar. And it vacillates only by a few hours every year. And so the Chinese New Year is February 4th of 2022 at 4.52 in the morning. Now, you may see another date on the lunar calendar, which is February 1st. The lunar calendar vacillates. Could be January, could be later in February. Um, but we, for the purpose of feng shui, uh, we use February 4th. And this comes from the Sha calendar. The Sha calendar is like a farmer's calendar. It's fascinatingly accurate. It records the passage of time. And it's a tool that we use for forecasting because the information is presented in what are called four pillars or four sections. So we have a year, a year pillar, a month, a day, and an hour. And what we see for the year is that it is a yang water uh, heavenly stem over the year of the tiger. So the tiger itself has the element of wood. So we have water over wood representing the year. And one of the things that we do is we in our heads about what it looks like. So yang water is going to be like massively strong waves like the ocean or the sea. And the tiger is going to look like the yang wood of a tiger is going to look like a tree or a log. The yang water over the wood looks like um, kind of like a log floating in the ocean or floating on the river. Um, the energetic components of that is that water carries the element of fear and wood carries the element of anger. And when you think about that, it sort of looks like somebody who is uh, standing angrily in their principles because they're afraid of something. So it may be some of the energy that we see this year, um, people standing firm in their principles, um, unwilling to back down a tree. When you think about a tree, you think like an oak tree that is very difficult to move. Um, so people are going to be very protective, um, defending themselves due to something that they're afraid of. One perspective is that we could expect a more harmonious year because water generates wood water you like you take water you water your plants and the plant grows um and we could potentially see a little bit more harmony because we don't have any metal element in the year metal element can usually indicate some destruction and some fighting we don't have that so that's good um but one of the things that happens is that when people are afraid and they're standing in their principles especially if you're living in a a country that doesn't have a lot of stability, it can look like a coup or an uprising. So those are some of the kind of political things that we might see this year um, as we go into the year of the tiger. Um, just just like initially, those are my initial thoughts on that. <laughs> well, it's pretty interesting. I mean, when you, you look at the, um, the, the Chinese calendar, for example, the difference between that calendar or, or even the astrological signs, Yes. They're different than they are from the astrological science. Like I'm a Libra, my wife's a Capricorn, but uh, in the Chinese calendar, I am astrological. I'm a I'm a pig, 
and I believe she is a horse or a monkey, one of the two. Don't remember which, because I've got both my daughters. We all looked into it, and they're kind of a little bit different themselves. What what's the difference between that, and how? Why? What's the significance of that? So I'm not a Western astrologer, but my understanding is that Western astrology, the charts that can be generated, you get like 500 different charts. Um, in Western astrology. And in Chinese astrology, we have over 13 million different variations that are available. So actually, you're extremely unique. And the charts are much more in depth because when you go to the Chinese restaurant and you see, oh, I was born in the year of the monkey or I was born in the year of the pig, like you were saying, you're really only seeing 25% of the picture. When we also look at the month, the day and the hour, then we get a much more clear picture of understanding someone's behavior, um, someone's uh, relationships with their business, with their children, with their spouses, with their parents. Um, we get an idea of the kinds of choices that we could expect them to make, their behaviors that they're most likely to engage in. Um, so it's much more comprehensive. So when someone says, oh, I'm, I'm born in the year of the dog, that's only one one right. bit of it. Um, it does tell us quite a bit, but it doesn't tell us the whole picture. Well, sort of like a, an everyday forecast um, with the uh, with normal astrological forecast when you look up, well, with what we used to call a newspaper. <laughs> yes, yeah. a horoscope. I used to read the horoscope section. It was like I'd fight my dad for the page on that newspaper for that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What, what's going to happen to me today? And you have to look yeah. it up really quick. And by now I get it by email. So it went it migrated from newspaper to email. Um, in regard to those compared to something like uh, the Chinese astrological, can that be generalized or is that something that is more specific to you on a daily basis? It's actually much more, my experience is that it's much more specific to you on a daily basis. One of the things I do for my clients is I will read someone's Chinese astrology chart and make a personal calendar for them throughout the year. So using their personal calendar, I can identify um, how it correlates with the Chinese mm. solar calendar, which is the Tongshu, and identify the days that their energy is going to be the most vibrant for specific activities. Like maybe they want to engage in a financial activity for wealth generation. Maybe they want to have a conversation with an interpersonal or business relationship. Maybe they want to um, ask for help or become a mentor. Um, maybe they have a special event that they want to make sure it goes off without a hitch. Those, these are the kinds of things that you can identify using a personal calendar um, when you cross-reference your Chinese astrology. You can also identify days to, when not to do things. Sometimes just knowing when not to do something can help you avoid a problem because there will be certain days in the year based on your specific Chinese astrology chart, which are going to be unfavorable for you, um, where the energy will be low and um, unstable, if you will. And you don't want to do the most important things when days are unstable. You wouldn't want to get married on a day when it's unstable. You wouldn't want to go on a date when, no. you know, when the energy is unstable for you. You don't want to have an important conversation with your boss on a day when it's unstable. So. Well, that makes a lot. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Obviously, yeah, that negativity, I think, would follow you throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the month and throughout right. the year, really. Yeah. So it's yeah. really wonderful because the more that you can get in the stream of energy that's favorable for you, you start to, you start to stick with it, right? It's like rowing your boat downstream with the energy of the river instead of rowing upstream and running into obstacles. So what you do, you do what you do, 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 do. I do, 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 do. Exactly. <laughs> what you do is create a, a life path through the whole year based on that, the Chinese astrological. 
for someone. It's one resource. So that is absolutely something I do, right? So Mm. I encourage my clients to to do the most important actions on days that are important to them. Like, for example, I just met with my client yesterday and he was saying that he needed to talk to a vendor about an issue that he's having with a product. And I said, great, do it on a relationship day. Do it on a, a day on your calendar when you can get help. Um, and he was like, Oh, that's what that's for. I was like, yes, that's exactly what that's for. Yeah. So now he has a better understanding of how to use that timing more favorably. So you create this calendar for the whole year, basically. Yes, It's a 12 month calendar. So we look because even though the energy shifts on February 4th, we'll be entering the year of the tiger. Then we still want to give, because we're on a Gregorian calendar, we give you all 12 months. Yeah. Now that is that happen like every February fourth or in that same area, or does that change throughout each, every year? It's the solar calendar is very reliable, so you can say almost with certainty every year it's almost always February fourth. Maybe mm. it would be a little bit later in the day on rare occasions. Maybe it would be February fifth, but usually it doesn't vacillate more than a day. Whereas the lunar calendar, because it is on a lunar cycle, can really significantly vacillate. The lunar calendar could be middle January, could be middle February, could be, you know, it happens to be February 1st this year, pretty close, but it's not the same. So that, so when you're looking at like a normal horoscope, for example, and I know that you said you're not real familiar with doing those, but theoretically, if you, the normal horoscope that's based upon Libra, Capricorn, Leo, Virgo, you know, those kind of things, uh, those are based on the lunar calendar, whereas Chinese is based on the other calendar. The work that I do is based on the solar calendar, right? The other thing too with with Western astrology is it's really based on what you can see, the stars and the planets that you can observe. Whereas in Chinese metaphysics, when we work with the elements, they're known as the five elements, they make up everything in the universe. So we're not limited only to what we can observe from our planet. Does Qi come involved in that? Qi, of course, comes involved in that. It's one of the foundational components when we talk about Chinese metaphysics. We talk about chi, which is like life force. We could also call it energy. We talk about luck. Um, There's three lucks known as heaven luck, earth luck, and human luck. We talk about yin yang, the polarity of the the interplay of equal and opposite forces. And of course, we talk about the five elements as well. Yeah, I think the elements... that's a whole class of its own. (laughs) It it is. It is. It is. I mean, mean, from my basis, we've talked about this in our last episode and and I don't know if you remember, but, uh, you know, I believe in 100% in chi, the movement of positive energy. That's what helped me to manage my disease and it helps me on a regular basis to manage my disease. The yeah. balance of that chi and the movement of that chi and, you know, moving in, in the right direction, it helps me alleviate my inflammation and my pain and things like that. So right. in essence, the building an astrological chart from this perspective, from the Chinese perspective, we can uh, plot that out for the year and then pick the days that the energy is high and do something positive and the days that our energy is low and, and yep. make sure we avoid that, correct? Absolutely. That's what a personal calendar is for. And this is also why we look at the energy of the year, because we want to get a clue from the energy of the year as to how it might affect us individually. So like I said, this is the year of the water tiger and it's it's massive water like the ocean. Now, if you are chart needs water element. So if your personal Chinese astrology chart needs water element, this could be a really great year for you because you could get extra support. So if your chart has a lot of wood element and we know that we're getting water, water feeds wood, that means you could get help with resources, it could help with education, help with Mm. feeling supported and and loved. um, And that can be beneficial for you. 
another aspect to this is that what in Chinese astrology, the element that you control is your money. So if in your chart, you are an earth person, and we know that we use earth to dam water and give it a container right. so that it can be directed. So that means that an earth person would be seeing money this year, which could be beneficial for them. So these are important things to know. This is why we look at it so that right. we can know what's coming for us individually so that we can be we can plan accordingly. From that perspective, boy, I hope I'm an earth person. I like, I like money. <laughs> uh, Who doesn't you know, like money? Money it, likes money makes things go easier for people usually. Oh, exactly. 100%. It, it is pretty cool. How long does it take to normally, uh, when you uh, plot out a calendar like that, how long does that normally take? Oh, not very long. I, I can usually turn around a calendar within a week or so, sometimes a little bit longer if I'm really busy. Like this is the busiest time of my year. So I'm kind of busy right now. Um, so, uh, but it's, it's pretty easy to turn around pretty quickly because. Do you, do you utilize the same thing like in, uh, like when I have uh, filled out some things, for example, the Western side of it, where you have to have the, uh, the day and the time of your birth, the mm -hmm. location of your birth and all those kind of things, do all those factors play into um, kind of understanding a person's uh, Chinese calendar? Yes, absolutely. Yes. If we don't have the time, uh, if you don't know the exact time that you were born, um, then we would have 75% of the chart instead of all 100% of the chart. Uh, but the location is important because we will recalculate based on man-made conventions like daylight savings time. So right. we do need to adjust for those kinds of man-made functions to make sure we're using the correct accurate hour. So yes, time, location, yeah. That's pretty cool. It's kind of like you making a diary for somebody in advance. It is a little bit like a diary. Um, the the empowering thing is that you get to decide how you want to use your time. And that I think is helpful for people because instead of being at the mercy of, oh, this day yeah, means I should let something go in my life for past occurrence. For me, that's not so helpful. It's much more helpful for me to know that I can take action on something, that I can meet with a client, that I can um, that I can ask for help, that I can be available mm -hmm. to help somebody else. Um, that I can call my financial guy and take advantage of a wealth day and and make some choices around uh, wealth development, things or like wealth that. Wealth or health. I'm sure it works with health. I'm sure it works health, for all yep. kinds of, yeah, that's pretty yep. cool. I actually. have some clients that health is, for a lot of people, health is wealth. And so if they're dealing with a health issue, like a, they need to have a procedure or they're going through some kind of long-term treatment for something like a chronic disease or some acute illness, um, knowing which days are going to be supportive can be very helpful to make sure the process goes smoother. Like I have a client who needs to have something removed. So we, we chose a remove day so that she can have it removed successfully. Yeah, hey, Very cool. Very cool. I should have talked to you before I had my other shoulder done. <laughs> I wish you had, because we could have chosen a good day. I, you know, yeah. It's interesting because, it, and you know, uh, if I look back at my, I've had seven surgeries wow. and each one of them, uh, has uh, proceeded very um, efficiently and effectively. And the majority of them were, you know, I, I healed up very quickly, luckily. But my left shoulder, it kept getting postponed for different reasons. One, because of uh, the COVID stuff and the hospital shutting down. And it just kept getting moved. So when it was planned on one day in particular, you know, I thought, okay, that's, I feel really good about that. And it's going to end from a personal perspective, not understanding anything about like this calendar that you, that you developed, uh, you make up the, um, but because it kept getting moved or bumped, 
um, this surgery has taken longer to heal than my other surgeries. And I think that the negativity that started in the beginning may have played a factor in that. Now that I talk to you. It could be. It could be that the day that you had selected was a good day and, and the universe, you know, it's not fated for it to be that day, right? So um, the, it could be that the day that the surgery actually happened maybe wasn't so supportive to you. And so the healing takes a little bit longer. And then so what I would recommend from my perspective is to then get your hands on a calendar and make sure you're having follow-up visits on a day that's suitable for you or you're doing PT on a day that's good for you. Um, and and it could be that the the technique is wrong. So maybe you need a different person to help you with that. There's a long right. list of different ways that you can approach it. Um, but we can't go back, right? All we can do is go forward. All we can we do is go forward, yeah. But forward. that's interesting how that all plays into effect and how it yeah. all kind of melds within our daily life activity. Yes. And, uh, and, and what we plan for the future. Right. Yeah, and some right. things have a bigger impact than other, right? If you are, if you're dealing with a legal issue, when you file a lawsuit can impact how the process goes for you. If you're getting married, and this is a little bit cultural, and, and it's also a little bit date selection, when you get married can impact the quality and the connection with your spouse and what happens in the family relationship. Um, so it's super fascinating. Yeah, I, yeah. And I agree with that. I've seen where people, I, I've noticed it when it's, bizarre coming from this direction, but because of my uh, dysfunctional family uh, growing up, I don't have one now, we're, we're very functional, but uh, growing up in that environment, uh, when I went into law enforcement, I kind of was drawn towards uh, domestic violence. And I we worked with the Domestic Violence Task Force for quite some time. Well, getting to know a lot of people in regard to that, I found a very consistent um, pattern, actually, when people got married and I kept going back to see the same people and the same people, and the same people, like they got married in May, for example. And I had more individuals that I dealt with that were married in the first two weeks of May that had more problems than later in the year. It's kind of bizarre. That's really interesting. I'd love to see those charts. <laughs> that would yeah, be a really interesting case study. I'd, I'd have to go back and look. I mean, I'd have to really think back because I've been retired for quite a while now. Yeah. But I spent four years with the Domestic Violence Task Force. And, you know, you you see, unfortunately, I have to say this unfortunate because it is unfortunate. You know, you see the same people sometimes on a very consistent basis because the environment that they're in was so negative that uh, they couldn't get out or we would get them out. And unfortunately, they'd be drawn back into it. Yeah. So, you know, you see, I won't say clients, but theoretically the same clientele. Mm -hmm. um, but you see a lot of people obviously come through it very clean. But still, that's uh, that's kind of cool. I, have to go back. I mean, it can be a feng shui factor. Feng shui, the, the energy of the environment can be a factor. It could also be in their chart. So like, for example, earlier you said that I think it was your daughter was born in a, as a monkey in her chart. And mm -hmm. this year because we're going into the year of the tiger, the monkey is the clash animal. So when there are clashes, sometimes good stuff happens and sometimes not so good stuff happens. Um, oh, but we like to know in advance if a clash is coming because it can usually indicate some kind of change. And if you can be the agent of change, if you can, if you can be the instigator of that change, it can make things go smoother instead of being at the effect of a change. It's a great perspective. I love that perspective. Great perspective. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the feng shui energy. For the year. I mean, sure. how, how does that correlate with the astrological signs, the feng shui and astrology? Are they intermingled? Do they, they meld together? Well, they can. 
Um, but generally when we talk about the feng shui energy for the year, we talk about something that are called flying stars. Um, <laughs> every year, the feng shui of your space is affected by annual energetic influences. So what are flying stars? This is a system of calculating how energy moves and behaves because it works really quickly um, compared to other methods in feng shui. It's very popular for system uh, to, to talk about each year because people want things to happen very quickly. So stars really are <clears throat> unseen energies that behave in distinct ways based on the environment that they're in. So when we talk about flying stars for the year, we're talking about, as the name implies, annual stars that exert their energy for only one year. And it happens to be that this particular year, the, the stars are returning to their homes. So this is what's called a Fu Yin chart, um, which means nothing changes. Um, and when the energies go home, they usually behave pretty, pretty well, actually, because you like going home, you feel comfortable at home. Um, and it's the same position so what that means is that for an individual, another calculation that we use is what's called a life gua. That means that their star is coming to their life gua, which can mean enhanced friendships. So from a feng shui perspective, people may find that their friendships are enhanced this year. That's one aspect of it. Another aspect of it is how you're using your physical space. So because it's a feng shui perspective, if you're using a physical space where the star is favorable for you, then you can get benefit from it. If you're using a space where the star is unfavorable for you, then it can be more challenging. So the trick is to know your own energy. And from knowing your own energy, you can identify which rooms or which spaces in your home to spend the most time. So for example, uh, if somebody is a wood element gua, which is called a life gua, they may benefit from spending time in the North sectors this year because North represents water element and water produces wood. And so they could find nourishment and support and, and extra resources. And that's just one, one way that you can do that. Um, and that's true for all the different life guas. So if you're not sure what your life gua is, um, on my website, FS in Motion, there is something called a, a BAZI calculator, B-A-Z-I. It's under the services section. You can get a free uh, calculator to type in your birthday and your time and your information. It'll generate this beautiful chart and you can scroll down the page. It gives you lots of information. It tells you what your life gua is and um, what your lucky directions are. And you, it'll show you what your chart looks like and what animal signs are in your chart. And so you can use that as a, as a jumping off point to understand the energy of the year. To, to dive deeper into it, I made a wonderful little essential guide that you can also get. It's free. Um, and we'll put that here in the show notes so that you can grab the essential guide so that you can see where the flying stars are going to be, which sectors of the home, and based on your life gua, what is recommended for you to use. So it's actually this year is a great year to, to have this information because it's pretty easy. Some years are more challenging, but this is pretty straightforward this year. Well, you know, and, well, it, you know, and it, the thing of it is the opportunity for somebody to take, to take their, their life in a life positive life direction, direction is, is amazing. It's I amazing. think that it gives them, it gives the, them the, the, energy the energy is able to, is able to be moved in such a way. Just like when I try to control my pain, my inflammation within my body, 
it gives them the opportunity to be able to move energy forward in a good way and make life decisions. I, I love that aspect of it. I, I don't think that I would find that in a regular Western astrological chart. No, you. It, it's I. I yeah. This is why I like Chinese astrology and I like feng shui because, particularly this year, it's just so easy to identify if I understand the cycle of how the elements behave. We know that one element produces another element. Then it's easy for me to figure out what I can use. I can either use an element that produces me to give me support, or I can use an element that I control in order to. Um, to address things like wealth development, addressing things like money, because what you control is your money. Um, also your output, the things that you produce to make money. Um, it's just, this year is great because it's so easy. <laughs> Some yeah. years are more challenging, but it's so easy. And so the essential guide is great because it'll say, my gua is gua two. And if I'm a gua two person, then I should use the stars um, six or seven, or I should use star nine because it's my, it's the element that produces me. And it shows you in the guide exactly where that is in which sector it is. So you can take your floor plan of your house and you can go, Oh, I have a guest bedroom in the South part of my house. I'm going to go spend more time in that area of the house this year. So I can benefit from that star that's visiting. Oh, that's interesting. I know that yeah. uh, we've talked about the feng shui before that, uh, we feng shui my office and in feng shui in the office, it really opened up more opportunity for me and my yeah. podcast grew and um, the notoriety grew. I, I went to 59 different countries now that I'm listening to. And, and I think that uh, it really helped when I move everything around in my office to make that energy be able to flow the way it's supposed to flow. So it, it actually works. Um, it does work. I've got a couple of questions. I think that you know, maybe, if you don't mind, help us understand uh, why do why does the uh, Chinese astrological utilize animals like animal signs? And that's a great question. So, well, when you when we talk about stars and constellations and all of the the academic stuff behind Chinese astrology. Back in ancient China, writing and reading was not actually so common. So the the people that would talk about the zodiac and talk about Chinese astrology and talk about your fortune would have to deliver it in a way that the common man, the common mm. person could understand it because most of the population in China at that time was uneducated. And so they had to use a system where people could relate. And so it turned into identifying them as plants. It turned into them identifying them as animals so that they mm -hmm. could be relatable. Um, and now it's just become the most common way that we understand it so that we have all these, these signs that are animals and mythical creatures. So we have a rat, an ox, a tiger, a rabbit, dragon, which is the only mythical creature, a uh, snake, horse, goat, monkey, rooster, dog, and pig. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, really, I mean, I, I remember as a child, uh, we used to go to this uh, Chinese restaurant that was in town, and it was like the only one in town at the time, Colorado yeah. Springs. And um, they, the, uh, they, were, they were from China, um, so I learned a little bit of Chinese. I thought it was really cool to be, you know, I was eight, nine years old, and I'm learning how to say thank you. And, you know, several things, you know, they'd come out and help teach me that. And, uh, you know, we, they'd put the calendar down in front of you and you could see the different astrological signs on the yep. calendar. And at the time, it, you don't think that it's so m much more than just that piece of paper that they put on a placemat in front of you at the restaurant 
and that it, you know it's more in depth and so it goes so much deeper. Yeah, it's so much deeper. Yeah. So somebody can have all four of the same animal. They could have all four different animal signs. Um, they can have maybe two of the same animal sign and two different ones. And then not only do you have those four, the day, the month, the year, and the hour, but you also have what are called a 10-year luck pillar. So in Chinese astrology, we break up our lives in 10-year sections where we get like an extra kick of an extra animal sign and extra elements um, that override that 10-year period and give us extra information about what we can expect. Oh, that's so, so cool. Yeah. So if somebody has a, if somebody is born in the year of the tiger, um, so you might know somebody who's born in the year of the tiger. It's actually uh, 1938, 1950, 1964, 86, 98, 2010. Uh, and of course, this year, 22. Usually these people tend to be adventurous, ambitious, um, natural born leaders, mm. um, have a strong sense of justice. Those you know, even though they love a challenge, they could be very impulsive. Um, even though they're, they can have a strong sense of leadership, they could also not back down very easily. Right. Um, they are extremely loyal and caring and often very protective of those that they love. And they can also like die on the sword for their principles. So depending on how evolved a person is or how the feng shui energy is impacting them, they may... Um, express some of their more positive characteristics or some of their more negative characteristics. You know, it, 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 uh, I, think, I don't know if you remember, we talked about this last time, I think, maybe. Um, I, I've spoken to an individual, I interviewed her online, and she was, uh, she's, she is Chinese, and she had been told um, her father had come home with a book that basically thought completely negative of her because of everything that you just spoke about. In this book, this person that had done this book for them, for the family, um, they said, you're not going to do this. You're not, you're not going to succeed. You're not going to be this. You're probably going to die at age 40. Um, I mean, they just laid it right out. And because of that, she was treated without respect and she was kind of shunned a little bit. And she triumphed over all of that you know, as she grew older and, and realized that, hey, I have the opportunity to change my fate. I have the opportunity. I am the master of my fate, so to speak. And now she's um, she's actually a, a multi-million dollar, you know, earner. And she's very, very happy. Complete well, somebody opposite. didn't read her chart right then. <laughs> well, exactly. Opposite what her chart said, you know, as yeah. a child. But she said, she said that it allowed her to be able to change the direction of her life. Can that be done when you look at your whole book in totality? Absolutely. Well, because we still have human luck, we still have free will. And our human luck and our free will is is a third of how our life goes, right? Initially, when we're born, we're fated to the family that we're born into, the environment that we're born into. There's not much we can do about that because we, we're relying on the kindness of people around us to help us grow. Right. But later on in life, when we understand that we can make our own choices and the, the consequences of the choices, we can leave our hometown. We can leave our family. We can choose the people that we want in our life. We can make decisions about the kind of careers that we want to go into. We can develop our talents and skills and follow our passions. Uh, we don't have to be bound by what we think our life should be because we can choose something different. So absolutely. Mm -hmm. You can change your destiny. Absolutely. 
Well, that's, I mean, that's interesting. So when you, when you take this uh, a person, a client in, uh, a human being, uh, you, you kind of can, you have the opportunity to lay them out for a year or two years or five years or 10 years. And do I understand that correct? Yeah, usually the answer the answer to that and how I approach it is dependent on the question. So if somebody is looking for answers to a question on something specific, we address that specific aspect first before we go into something bigger. Now, what that may mean is that we're helping we're helping give people what they need in order to get what they want. So if someone says, I want to have a baby, but they're a drug addict, we need to deal with that first right. <laughs> so they can get healthy so they can have a baby. Um, so sometimes what we're addressing is understanding the underlying root cause of a particular situation and so that we can make an informed choice about how to move forward. And that is a lot of times why people look to things like astrology and horoscopes so they can have some clarity about how to move forward and be well-informed. Yeah, that's really interesting. I think you told me uh, that something like one, was it 1.5 or 1.8 billion people celebrate the Chinese New Year? Right. I mean, this is um, it's a significant time of year for people all over the world. And there's like a mass migration of people that travel back to Asia to go be with their families and during this time of year. So it's a really an extensive time period where we're, you know, we're talking about this now in January, even though the event doesn't, the, the event isn't fully set and the celebrations don't really happen until February. Um, but people are starting to clean their homes. They're starting to reevaluate their lives. They're starting to make food and, and get ready for guests and um, think about the kinds of people that they want to be next year and the opportunities that are going to be coming to them so they can be prepared. So it's not really a one and done from a cultural perspective, it's not like a one and done event. It is usually something that happens over a period of time. Like we do here in America where you have New Year's Eve, you have New Year's Day. You, I mean, I don't personally recover from a hangover, but, you know, recover from your hangover and move forward. Yeah. Um, this is kind of really planned out and you kind of really have the opportunity to put your life in a direction and understand what kind of decisions you can make throughout the year. Right. Yeah, this particular cool. year is interesting because... The year of the water tiger is what's known as a spiritual pillar. And there's only 10 of them. And a spiritual pillar is interesting because what that tells me is that people are going to be more interested in the spirituality aspect of their lives. We're going to start wondering, why are we here? Is there something bigger to life? Um, and, and starting to look inward to ourselves, um, starting to... Uh, consider the issues of peace and safety and security and health and progression and advancement, how are, how we're going to be growing, how we can create our future for ourselves. And if there is something bigger than just the life that we're living, that's very much a spiritual path. The other thing that's super interesting about this year is along with this spiritual aspect, this particular year is unique because well, in feng shui, we have lots of patterns, but this particular year is interesting because the month, for each uh, month of this year of 22 is the same as the coming year. So for example, March of 22 is a yin water rabbit. 2023 is a yin water rabbit. The month of April in 22 is a yang wood dragon. The year of 2024 is a yang wood dragon. And that pattern goes through all of the 12 months this year. So this year we're really getting 
like a preview of what some of the things might be happening over the next 12 years. So it really creates this amazing ripple effect. So I'm really encouraging people this year to to pay attention to what happens each month this year. Look at the amazing stuff, look at the challenging stuff and take note of it so that as you go into the future years, you can look back and go, oh, hey, that significant thing happened in the month of June and the month of June relates to 2026. So I should be paying attention to 2026 when it comes around, maybe something similar will happen. And that may mean that I have to make a different decision so I get a different result. So I'm really encouraging people to pay attention this year to what happens because um, you can really use it to shape what happens over the, the coming years. Yeah, that's amazing, actually. I, you know, the, the spiritual aspect of what you're just talking about, I, without knowing what we were going to talk about today, um, ironically enough, I took a more spiritual, my wife and I, my whole family actually, have taken a more spiritual approach to um, uh, this year. And what, uh, personally, me, I was thinking of what legacies I'm leaving and, you know, what legacy I want to leave and what, you know, what else is out there for us? What better, what more can we do? What more can right. we do to contribute back to humanity? And yeah. uh, we thought about different charities we want to kind of go forward with and, um, you know, different uh, uh, topics that I want to cover within the podcast, for example, and reaching out a different wider audience with uh, inspiring and motivation and uh, education throughout the rest yeah. of this year. And we kind of came about that naturally. So I think that, um, you know, you're tuned in, we're tuned in a little bit. I, I think I was gonna say, I think there were, I mean, I've always tried to be tuned in anyway. It's I believe in that philosophy. I believe in meditation. I believe in connecting with the universe. I believe in being grateful for what we've got. And yeah. looking around us and saying that, yeah, the, although my trees aren't as big as I, I want them to be, I'm grateful I have trees in the backyard. I'm grateful, you know, I'm grateful every time I get up because, you know, I'm getting up there a little bit. And when you look around and you see, you know, people uh, are are not not waking up situation, like, well, Bob Saget just ended up, you know, being found in a hotel room and died. You never know what's going to happen. It can change in an instant. Your life can change in an instant. So yeah, we became more spiritual this year. So ironically enough, we followed within that uh, pattern kind of naturally. That's pretty slow. Yep. And you'll see more people interested in that. They're going to be more interested in emotional health, mental health, um, understanding you know, what, what, what's it all for asking bigger questions in life? Remember, we're coming out of a, we're not coming out all the way. I mean, I have, right. I have comments about the pandemic and COVID. I don't actually think it's going to be over anytime soon. Sorry. Oh, don't, don't be sorry. I agree with you. <laughs> but in my opinion, what ends up happening is the grief that really has not been addressed will really now get to be addressed. And so when people are dealing with grief and starting to deal with the sadness underneath right. the grief, people start to wonder like, what's it all for? Why am I here? What's my purpose? Yeah. How can I make, you know, how can I make my mark in, in the world and be a better person? Is there something that I can, is there something beyond this physical life? Um, and so people may even start adopting different lifestyles like vegetarianism or veganism because they want, because right. that, that happens a lot when people go on a spiritual path. Um, so the meat industry might take a hit <laughs> this year. <Hey. laughs> Look, I'm a vegan, so I'm okay with that. See? Yeah. <laughs> I think that the uh, the world needs more vegans uh, in regard to that. I have compassion for animals and 
yes. you know, and that whole the whole thing. Uh, I'm not like uh, extreme. I don't go throw blood on people's uh, yeah. fur coats or paint or something like that. But to each their own. But yeah. yes, I. But I it would think, be wonderful to see. Like it would be amazing to see more people addressing compassion and more people addressing kindness. Humanity. More people understanding yeah. each other's emotions in a different way. People who are born in the year of the tiger, particularly this year, because this is a spiritual pillar, they're automatically going to have this. So these kids that are born in 22, as they age, they're already going to have this. So this may be Could a be group of kids that are born this year that maybe the veil is a little bit thin. Maybe they, um, maybe they're much more interested in being emotionally sensitive, mm. potentially operating highly on their intuition, um, spiritually intelligent, have a higher learning ability, um, having an interest in spiritual practice. So like if I was a parent this year, if I was having a kid, this would be something that I would actually be engaging with my child. I would be going, okay, as my child grows, they need to have a spiritual foundation in order to be healthy and and, and grounded. That's something that I would be thinking about. That, that also brings up another, a good point. Do you, is it recommended? You, I, I know this is your business, but I know that you believe in it wholeheartedly. I mean, your enthusiasm for those that just listen to the podcast and don't watch it, um, your enthusiasm is in your, your eyes and in your face. It light up when you talk about feng, this feng shui, the astrological signs, the year of the tiger, you, you can see it, it exuberates from you. So do you believe that, uh, it's kind of advisable for parents. When can you start doing that for your children, for example? Well, so I'm not a spiritual teacher, no, right? No, I, no, I mean like like the astrological perspective of, oh, oh. of helping the it kids. It doesn't hurt to do it early, right? It's very helpful for you to understand a little bit about some of the behaviors that your child might exhibit, some of the tendencies that they might be interested in, um, some of the personality characteristics of your child so that you can relate to them the, and, and accept and love them for who they are instead of trying to make them into something that you think that they should be. I think that's a lot of, I don't right. have kids, but I know that this is something that we deal with as adults, right? right? Oh, my parent expected me to be this way and didn't love me for who I am. And it's because they just don't really know, right? If I am a parent and someone says my kid is a Libra, I don't know that that really helps me understand what their behavior, what their natural gifts and talents and right. behaviors are and how I should relate to them, how I should, what I should encourage them to do. That doesn't tell me that the child is interested in playing an instrument or would be better with numbers or has an intuition and maybe wants to play a sport um, or maybe has an artistic ability that I should foster a different kind of artistic ability. Or And some kids are not book smart, right? I, I wasn't yeah. actually not a very... I was not a very yeah. academic kid. I did get a finish my undergrad and got a graduate degree, but as a kid, I was not very book smart. And I wish that I wish somebody knew that so that they could help me in a different way. I agree. Um, with that. I'm, I'm there with you in that regard. I yeah. did do very well in high school, but I excelled in university. So yeah, yeah it's, uh, I think that, you know, and, and obviously growing, I won't say growing children, cause that's a, the wrong word to say, raising children. I have two daughters myself. We've talked about this. Um, you know, it's a difficult path. And when you decide what you want to help your kids with and being able to recognize and notice what their strengths are and what their weaknesses are, you know, we took an approach right. where we'll try it. If you like it, keep, we'll keep doing it. If you don't like it, we won't. And you right. know, it, it uh, from our perspective, that's what we did. So, um, and it's helpful for parents to know themselves too. Like sometimes it's just helpful to know your chart because if you know that you are impatient, if you know that you are 
a little egocentric, if you know that you're a mm. little bit, um, if you're a little bit controlling, if you have issues around money, if you, um, if there's a conflict going on in your own chart, sometimes just knowing your own chart can be helpful so that you know where you're at and then you can relate to other people in a more healthy way. So we, do you think that, um, well, back to the original question, do you think that it's advisable to, or at what point in a child's life do you think it's advisable for them to come to you for a service like this to help their children understand? Because when you go back to the what I said earlier about the, the young lady that I had, well, she's actually not young, but the lady I had spoken with in regard to her father brings home this book where they had everybody's life plotted out and then immediately told her, well, you're not going to succeed. You're going to be this. You're going to be a failure. You're going to die at 40, you know, which obviously isn't fair. Yeah, but, right, uh, right. Yeah, what's your approach on that? What do you think? My approach is that when you have something on your heart or your mind that you want addressed, then it's time to ask a question. That's really what some of these things are for. Because it's feng shui, Chinese metaphysics, it's really, in some ways, it's all just divination. And and the the value of the information is only as good as the diviner, right? And you're, ex, you're ex highlighting that very specifically. But in the work that I do, I really want people to be coming with uh, something that they want to work on, they want to take action on, or they are unclear on, so that we can hone in on it. In In... Most of the time when people come to use this information, they're looking for something specific. How can I have a better relationship with my boss? How can I have a better relationship with my spouse? What can I do to attract more business in my life? And so they're looking for something very specific. And if you have one thing that you can focus on, it's much more meaningful than tell me what my life is going to look like over the next 40 years, because there's too many factors that can be impacted in addition to your free will that can change that path. We don't really want someone to be walking around with an idea that they're going to be sick for the next 20 years, right. because you can absolutely control that. You can identify taking medicine, having a different mindset, having a healthy lifestyle. You don't have, you're not destined. You don't have to be sick, right? It doesn't have to be that way. You can change that. So when I'm working with parents, I really encourage them to come with something specific. My kid isn't sleeping. They're acting out. We aren't communicating. Um, my teenager is starting to engage in behavior that I don't like so that we can start to see right. if there's some kind of energetic imbalance that needs to be addressed within the chart um, and, and who the, the right person might be to help. Or if there's somebody outside of the family that can help, all of that can be looked at. Yeah, I think it's a very realistic approach because, in you know, it's. I believe that if you're told something, especially at a young age, um, that you can actually manifest that to happen because you believe it, you manifest it, and whatever right. they tell you is going to come about. Right. You know, but you also have the ability for free will, so that's you know, yeah, right, interesting thing. So let's talk about some top animal signs in Chinese astrology, if you don't mind. Yeah, sure. So for this year, because it's the year of the tiger, there there is what's called a clash animal. The clash animal is the monkey. So if somebody has a monkey in their chart, and it could be anywhere in the chart, it could be the year, the month, the day, or the hour, that usually can indicate a change. It doesn't have to be a negative change. It could be a positive change. It could be a move. It could be a job change. It could be a relationship shift. Um, could be somebody coming in, could be somebody going out, could be the ending of a business partnership, clashing away something that's negative. Um, one of the things that I do generally recommend is that if you have a monkey in your chart, just not to do any high risk travel, like jumping out of a perfectly good airplane or riding on a motorcycle or 
um, skydiving or anything that I would consider, you know, signing your life away, anything that I would consider risky. We don't really want you to do that, but it could be an opportunity, right? So if you're not doing anything particularly risky, it could be a good opportunity for change. The tiger and the monkey, that clash is very emotional clash. So it, emotions can be running high this year, right? So we already said that the wood element relates to anger. So anger management can be a challenge this year overall. Um, the month of August is the monkey month. So February is the tiger month and August is the monkey month. So the month of February and the month of August this year could be big for people who have a tiger or a monkey in their chart. Um, oh, the other thing that I think... Yeah. Hmm? That's interesting. Yes, it's super interesting. And it, it may indicate more travel too, because it's a clash animal. And when I say movement, I mean travel. I mean, it could be overseas travel. You could be traveling more for work. You could be traveling to see people. People could just be itchy to, to get moving. So if you're not able to get on a plane and go somewhere and you have a clash, you have this clash in your chart, just go walk. Just go walk it off. Just go exercise right. and get your, your physical body moving. That can also help satisfy the clash. Um Another animal sign that's very favorable this year is the rabbit because it's the peach blossom of the year. So the peach blossom star, um, this, this particular sign is great for increasing someone's affinity and likability and attractiveness, can sometimes indicate a romance. So if you're single and you have a rabbit in your chart and you're looking for a romance, you may want to go date or go do some networking. Um, if you're already in a relationship, that's fine. You can use this likability and this attractiveness in your business or to help your community um, and to, to bring more opportunities into your life using that charm and that charisma. Another um, animal sign that is uh, beneficial this year, in my opinion, is actually the pig. So you mentioned that you're a pig. Um, in one of the other systems that we use, it has lots of favorable stars. So... Um, it's actually the secret friend of the tiger this year. So you might find that if you have a pig in your chart, people are wanting to connect with you and wanting to get your help and your advice and, and, and be in your energy to spend time with you because you've got lots of good, good stuff happening this year. So you may feel like people are trying to borrow your luck and that's okay. You've got plenty to give around. Well, there you go. Those are just a few, uh, just a few of them. I mean, there's, there's 12, we don't have time to go through all of them, but um, those are some of the, the more positive ones. It's really, I mean, I find it fascinating how everything integrates the way it does and how how the animals integrate differently. And with, oh, you said my daughter's a monkey, my youngest daughter. And this year so far, she started off brilliantly. She's got a new job that she loves. She's got her finances are getting in order. Her health is now getting in order. It already started right off the bat this year. So she immediately started with positivity in both of yeah. those areas of her life, which uh, in, in in turn helped with her mental health because it improved that a little bit, you know, because last year was really tough. And this year it's like, hey, I really like this. I like my life now. This is pretty good. I like the way it's going. So yeah, it, that it just, it, it, we could talk for another two hours. Fascinating sure <laughs> how this all kind of twists in together. And what I... And we've only got a little bit longer, but um, it, help me to understand. I mean, you, you mentioned it throughout the the show so far, uh, a couple of different times. So you you have the, the the elements. You said the four different elements, or you have five actually. But uh, you said you could have, like, say, a pig your uh, overall, and then uh, maybe and you you are different at the time of your your birth, and then different at the 
place of your birth, there's also could be different animals within that sign, or is that it, can you help me understand that? Yeah, the Chinese clock runs on a two hour system. So all of the animals that I mentioned before, the rat, the pig, the ox, the tiger, the rabbit, they all have two hour windows. So we we know that the tiger hour is in the morning because the year changes at 4.52 in the morning. The, the time period on the clock is 3 a.m. to 5 a.m. So that's the tiger hour. And so if you were born, for example, at 11 o'clock in the morning, 11 o'clock to one o'clock is the hour of the horse. So um, that so would be me. I'd be a horse in the hour. In the hour. If you were born at 11 or 11, 15, 11, you know, 11, 45, 12, right? That two hour window is a horse hour. Now, the reason that it might change is because daylight savings time is a man-made construction. So if you were born at 1101, but it was daylight savings time, we have to then just double check to see if we have to recalculate to be an accurate time. So you may be born in a different hour. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's why we do that so that it's really accurate. I, I This is something I learned about myself is when I first started learning Chinese astrology, I just used the time that was on my birth certificate. But when I learned about adjusting for daylight savings time, I found that my chart was different and it was much more accurate. Is it difficult to go back that far to determine? Like, like well, most people know I'm, I'm in my early stages of my seventh generation. So awesome. Yeah, awesome. It is awesome because the alternative is not awesome. Um, so is it hard I, to recalculate? No, yeah, see, I, I mean, would have to go it. back years. Well, right. But it's pretty well documented in most countries when they started daylight savings time. Like I could type in when did daylight savings start, time start in, in, in Arkansas in 1948 and it'll, the, computer will tell me oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> it's not okay. that hard to figure love out. computers yes yeah. i was like i can't live without a computer anymore it's yeah. i carry it around in my hand in the mode of that iphone everywhere yeah. with me and unfortunately so there are some that, countries that don't use daylight savings time there are some countries that use daylight savings time for a little bit and then change you know, like during the war like during right. the war there was daylight savings time was not being used in certain countries. So it's easy. To, and those of us who do, who know how to do this, we, you know, we, we have got some tricks. Yeah, <laughs> we know yeah. where to find it. The but, good tricks. And we can tell pretty clearly, like we have multiple systems. So right. if someone says I was born at 12, 12 o'clock, but then when we do the calculation, you're in a different hour, we can look at the chart and we can talk to you about your life and go, does this make sense? Or does this make sense? Which one fits? And the chart based on your life will tell us which one is the accurate chart. And that's outstanding. I mean, that's amazing. That's just, yeah. that's amazing. We need to. That's how I figured out my chart was right because some very significant things had happened in my childhood. And when I looked at the the other hour, I was like, oh, it's actually this hour. That's why. Because I had to recalculate for daylight savings time. And then I was like, oh, this is what it, this is when it, what it really is. This is almost like going back through your genealogical chart and going, wow, look at all of this. That's starting to show up everywhere that I had no clue. Yeah. And what's interesting is we can go back and we can look at some of the historical things that happened in someone's life and understand the elements that were prevalent at that time. And then moving forward, we can look forward and go, oh, this element is going to come up again in the future. So based on what this happened at this time in your past, going forward, this is something that we might be able to expect. Oh, yeah. And you may want to prepare for X, Y, Z to happen, good or bad. That's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. Let's talk about how somebody else can come to you and understand all of this and put it together. Oh, I love that. Thank you. So 
my website is feng shui in motion. The website is fsinmotion.com. You can learn more about feng shui services and Chinese astrology. Um, and if you're interested in learning more about the year of the tiger, grab the essential guide um, at that link so that you can um, find out more about which area of your home to use, um, get some information about the astrological signs for the year, who's, if you've got some of the good animals in your sign for the year, and then take some action accordingly. And I'll, I would be curious to hear how people do with that. And I'll make sure that all those are in the show notes. And I'll ask people for some feedback. I'd like to kind of get some feedback in regard to that. And uh, I'll pass it on to you. Yeah, that'd be great. Like that would be kind of cool. So for those of you that are listening, I will make sure that all of those links are in the show notes. Those of you that uh, are watching this, uh, again, there's a copy of it. Take a screenshot and or look in the show notes and they'll be there. Uh, Julian. Thank you very much for spending some time with me again. I was so looking forward to this. I've learned so much and I uh, really uh, am inspired by what you provide for people and humanity because you uh, allow people to take control of their life, I think. A little bit of information can be very empowering to have an amazing year. Everybody can have a great year regardless of what signs you've got going on, um, what, what your feng shui looks like. You can take action and you can have a good year. It's really empowering. That's amazing. I really appreciate that. So again, everything that uh, we just talked about uh, can be found in the show notes and Julianne can be reached at that link uh, for her website. And uh, I, I look forward to a great year this year. I hope that you are as well. I am. Have a good year. Happy year of the tiger. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to this episode of One More Thing Before You Go, a unique conversation about life. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our website at BeforeYouGoPodcast.com. That's BeforeYouGoPodcast.com. Tell your story, share your expertise, contribute to the blog, and subscribe to the newsletter. You can find us as well as subscribe to the program and rate us on your favorite podcast listening platform. And one more thing before you go. Have a nice day, have a nice week, and thanks for listening. One More Thing Before You Go, a unique conversation about life podcast, is a creation of One More Thing Productions, established 2010, all rights reserved.